When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my god. You've got all your charger gear on because I'm feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. It's the fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Do this is together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for the good content. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldogs, in with my buddy, Kev Huggin-Duggin. Let's ride. And let's not forget Kyle the Coach <laughs> Duggan. Just don't like touchdowns in that football no. game. Yeah, no Broncos, touchdowns allowed. Colts, not interested. In Broncos country. The best <laughs> The best joke we heard, what, what was it? If I wanted to see someone not score, I'd go to the bar with my three friends. <laughs> That, that's pretty much what that game was. Yeah. That was so boring. <laughs> can't believe so I watched bad. all of it. Um, yeah, folks, we are coming off of watching Thursday Night Football and just uh, just, just so grateful that that's not our team. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Is, I know. Is Taylor that good? Must be. I mean, they oh, must really have had good. a bunch of guys that uh, that weren't well, there that for de- that game. The defense is no joke. I mean, yeah. you still. I know the Broncos' offense is not very good, but they have a they have a pretty elite looking defense. So, yeah. if you have a good defense, you're in every game. And if you have a running game with Jonathan Taylor, you can you can you can hang with anybody. There that was go. just a really ugly football. Those game. Those are weird. Uh, yeah, if you're walking out of that game, either a fan of either one of those teams, you're not feeling too good about that. <laughs> Dude, they would they would pan to the fan base like after a three and out of Russell Wilson, and they all they they were like laughing. They were like, yeah. "What is happening right now?" Yeah, yeah. Um, that sucks. You paid that guy a gajillion dollars before the season even started, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, the, the <laughs> amount of money that they've paid Russell Wilson, and, and we were just talking about it. The the team was just bought for like what, $4.6 billion? Lots. And it's just like, this is what you have to show for it. All this money getting tossed around, and that's the performance we get. But ugh. all right, enough of talking about Broncos country and all that jazz. We've got Charger stuff to talk about. Lots to talk about this episode, folks. Uh, there's lots of news going on around about, uh, the team. Uh, we've got a Craig experience, a bolt beat and a coach's corner lined up for you. It's going to be spicy episode here, (laughs) folks. So let's start it off. Um, all right. Well, first and foremost here, folks, uh, let's talk about our boy, Justin Herbert, who we didn't mention this on the previous episode, but right now, uh, he has 19 games with over 300 passing yards, 
since 2020. He has 19. Tom Brady has 17. Josh Allen, 16. Patrick Mahomes, 15. And if you, for those of you that remember the days of Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck also had 19 games with over 300 yards, uh, but that's it in his first three seasons. Oh, I thought you meant in his career. No, no, no. In his first three seasons. In his first three seasons, which is where Justin Herbert is right now. He's in his first three seasons, but he's got, what, 13 more games to go? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Herbert is going to smash that record for sure. Um, And obviously killing it against all these other titans like tom brady josh allen and Patrick i will Mahomes. say though we did not get the fedex air player of the week i don't know we what didn't there, get guys. that yeah i i don't know what's going on i feel like they're blocking some of our votes i feel, I feel like, like there's an inside job happening right now um second time now justin herbert hasn't gotten fedex air player of the week um but we did get an award <laughs> so one of our guys got an award austin eckler nvp not mvp n as in Nickelodeon's valuable player, uh, Austin Eckler was this week's uh, Nickelodeon's valuable player. So those of us that remember last year, Justin Herbert won this award and got, got himself a hair he's full getting, of slime. He's getting so, slimed. Yeah. So now we got a bald head full of slime. It's going to be great. Yes. So I can't wait to see that. Hopefully we get to see that on the uh, social media here. Oh, soon. yeah. A bald head with slime on yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's going to be nice. It's going to feel nice. Very yeah, nice. Rub it in. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Austin, for, for getting that. Um, let's take a look over at the injury report here, folks, because there's been, uh, some new names and some weird developments that have popped up here lately on the injury report. Uh, most notable Keenan Allen, we've lost him since the first game. Uh, initially it was like, Hey, maybe it'll be, maybe he'll be back for Kansas city. Probably not, but maybe. And then, okay, well, he'll definitely be back for, the Jaguar game, right? And then that didn't happen. Yep. And then like there's a regression going on here. There's, yeah, there's definitely some something lingering, something going on. Well, they mentioned one one of the practices felt something yeah. like, he like not a snap or off. like a pop or something. And they're like, well, we just want to be careful. And he has not been practicing at all this week. So hamstrings are scary, man. Those are the ones that linger for so long unless you really let them heal on their own. It's, there's nothing you can do about it. So I just. Is this an IR situation? You just let him heal up. Hard like, to say. Where are you at? Because we're you know week five. Well, if he would have only if, had him, if for they would have put him on IR right away after the injury, that's already this is week four. This is the yeah. fourth game he's already missing. Right. Exactly. So, so that, that's disheartening. It is disheartening. I'm not sure what's going to go on with uh, with Keenan Allen. But then this name popped up today. We record these on Thursday. Gerald Everett hamstring uh, got in a limited practice though. So that is uh didn't practice Wednesday. Well, no, he wasn't on the report Wednesday. He came oh, up he on Thursday. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Came up on Thursday. Mm. So uh concerning to see that. Hopefully he gets another limited, if not full practice on Friday. He was huge in that game yeah. against the Texans. He was the third down option. He was every yeah. single time. On third down, he was how we converted in that whole first half. So him, him not being there. I know Donald Parham, we'll get to him in a second. He's coming right. back, but Joe Devers has become a big part of the offense. Yeah. Hopefully he gets a practice in on Friday because he's he's so essential for this team, especially without Keenan Allen, like you were saying, Kai. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert's getting full practices in. And this was the first week I uh, that he, um, Wednesday, full throwing, no, it didn't limit him, nothing. So that's awesome. Good. He's our boy's back. Right. 
And then this also popped up. Uh, Dustin Hopkins dealing with a white a right quadricep injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday. And Tom Pelissaro tweeted out the Chargers are signing kicker Taylor Bertolet Bertolet to the I practice like Bertolet squad. Bertolet better. Bertolet. Bertolet. Taylor Bertolet to the practice squad. Source said if Dustin Hopkins uh, can't go Sunday, it'll be the 29 year old Bertolet who has spent time with six NFL teams plus the AAF, USFL, and CFL making his NFL debut against the Browns. I don't have a lot of confidence in that. So, I, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, what do you do? You just got to kind of, let's ride this way. <laughs> let's not ride anywhere. <laughs> Riding doesn't work, apparently. I don't know. This is stressful. I don't know. I'm... Broncos seem to at least have some success with their kicks, although there was one that got blocked. So, um, yeah, concerning to see with Dustin Hopkins. He's He's had a good season so far. Um, dealing with a white, right quadricep, I mean, it's it, it's enough for them to sign somebody to the practice squad, right? I know they're concerned enough that like they need to have a backup just in case. Um, Xander Horvath also was on the injury report with a quadricep, but getting full practices in, as well as Austin Johnson with a shoulder injury, full practice. Trey too, as well as Trey McKitty, quadricep, full practices. Uh, Joshua Palmer dealing with an ankle injury. I'm guessing from the previous game, got two limited practices in. And Donald Parham Jr., hamstring injury, got two full practices in, so we back. should see him I'm really back. excited for this, man. Yeah. I, I I really like Donald Parham, and he's a problem yeah. all the time. Um, I, Yeah, I've I've got a signed photo of him, thanks to Karen and, and Jen. It's framed. It's in my new apartment, sitting right by my computer desk, so I can look at it every time. <laughs> and we need him back. I want to see yeah. uh, Parham come out. And then... Kyle Van Noy also kind of came up on the injury report with a back injury. Was limited <laughs> Wednesday. An old man, man, old man, man back. back. back injury. <laughs> I'm sure he'll come on the podcast now that we call him old man. Yeah, um, yeah, dealing with a back injury. Uh, limited practice Wednesday, but got a full practice in today, Thursday. So, a uh, lot of names on there. Again, some surprise names that we didn't expect to see, but. Um, there's only one here in terms of injury reports. This is the NFL. So you're going to get injury reports for every team all the time. So right. we had one did not participate. Granted, he's a huge one, but a yeah. lot of these guys are going to play. It looks big, but it's, it's not that much. We're hoping some of these limited guys, they're just that cautious, but optimistic that they'll, that they'll be able to go at it on Sunday. Yeah. Dustin Hopkins and Gerald Everett. Those are two big limiteds and hopefully we get to see some action from them. Um, looking over at the Cleveland Browns, they've also got a pretty big list of players that have uh, on their injury and report. The ones that don't, I, whatever this list is, it's like all we got to worry about is those edge rushers. So, right. and, so Davian Clowney's out, and um, it's looking like Miles Garrett's going to give it a give it a try. He's limited, right? Miles Garrett, for those that aren't aware, got in a car accident here recently trying to avoid an animal on the road or something like that. But he was well going well over the speed limit when he crashed. So. Um, he's gotten limited practices in whether or not he he's not going to be a hundred percent either yeah, way. It shouldn't be a hundred percent either way. It's still going to be a test for, for Jamari Sellier going up against either miles Garrett or whoever, uh, their defensive edge rushers end up being. But, um, yeah, they've even got Isaiah Thomas dealing with a hand injury, but he got two, two full practices in there. So, um, all right. Well, as we mentioned, the next team for the chargers is going to be the Browns. And looking at their previous games, uh, let's see, we've got 
the Carolina Panthers, which they beat by only a couple points. Uh, the New York Jets, they lost to. That was that devastating point. late game loss where they hasn't happened. They just in, blew the lead like, like crazy. crazy onside well, kick, all, all the above happened yeah. for them to lose. So basically, like all these teams, you know, you got Pittsburgh Jets, Falcons, and Panthers. They have not played the strongest played teams this yet. year. They haven't played yeah. anyone. They haven't played anyone like Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So I think this will be an interesting test for them to see where they're at. And then it's an interesting test for us. Like we talked about it on last episode. This run, Chubb is a monster. Right. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So we'll we'll see what we're able to do. But I think their defense, they haven't seen anything like what we're about to show them this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't seen our offense. Their running game is scary, though, because that no matter what, that's going to show up. You know, and they destroyed us running the ball. Chubb had 150-something yards that's last crazy, year when yeah. we played them. Um, obviously we hope that things have gotten better in our running, our run defense. And it's, it appears that it has, um, outside of one big play the last two, two weeks. Um, this, it's going to be a fun matchup to see. Cause I mean, Jacoby Brissett, if he can beat us, throwing the ball power to him. I don't believe that he can. Mm-hmm. I think you can go man to man on those outside guys. Amari Cooper is good. Um, but one of our corners has to be able to run with him. Um, and then David Njoku is good, but Derwin James is the tight end eliminator. So right. I just think you put as many guys in the box as it takes to stop Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and say, good luck, Jacoby. I don't, I, I bet, I bet the game that you can't beat us. Um, I'm <laughs> hoping that's the case because if we have a light box and Chubb just runs the ball the whole game, it's hard. It's hard. That's a hard thing to watch. Totally. Right. Excellent. Excellent points there, Kyle. And, uh, if you want to challenge the charger chat merchandise game you can go on over to chargerchat.com check out all the cool stuff we've got over there t-shirts hoodies and stickers you can chat it up with other members other charger chatteteers in our member section and ask questions and ask both fam so go check it out chargerchat.com when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, gang. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. It is Coach's Corner. Get to the corner. Get in the corner. Nobody Nobody puts puts Coach in the corner. No one. All right, well, I'll go. Not even you. Great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts <laughs> coaches in his And corner. we shut them down because we can't. It's because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. All right, gang, that's right. It's time for Coach's Corner because one of you, Dr. Octagonopus, yes. asked Coach if he could take a look at why we were having trouble converting some of those third downs. And Coach, 
is ready to respond. Coach, what do you got for us this week? <laughs> yeah, so I I went back and looked through every third down of the entire game. What's in, What was crazy, and this was just as I was thinking about this question over the last couple of days, I was like, I wonder what the personnel was like. I wonder if we had a certain personnel grouping that we liked in the first half, and if we switched it up in the second half and got conservative, right? Mm-hmm. So personnel groupings would be like an 11 personnel. The first number is the number of running backs. The second number is the number of tight ends. So 11 is one running back, one tight end, and that leaves three more position players for wide receivers. So 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide outs. Um, And we ran 11 personnel every single third down of the entire game. Interesting. We just loved 11 personnel. So for me, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with a, look, we went conservative and we went into, we were in 12 personnel in the second half and that's why we weren't converting or we were in 22. We went heavy, which and ran the ball and we were super conservative. Not the case. We were in the same personnel grouping with pretty much the same players on the field outside of obviously Josh Palmer, not being in there the whole time. Um, Deandre Carter and Bandy were in there together sometimes, which <laughs> with the depth that we had at right receiver, we thought now we have Deandre Carter and Michael Bandy in there, um, on 11 personnel throughout the, a lot of the second half. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a personnel thing. Um, and in all reality, it was execution. That's it. I don't think it was play calling. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple of plays here. The first one that I have pulled up, the first half, Gerald Everett was our third down go-to. He was Keenan Allen for Justin Herbert. That's where his eyes went right away. First first series of the game, and we got the pick. We start in there, down at their 30-yard line. Um, we get, we boom, first, second down, we get held the third down and three, touchdown to Gerald Everett on the seam. Second possession, third and 12, we pick up seven to Everett. We were short, so we didn't convert. Third series, third and six, pick up 14, going to Everett slash Carter. Remember that ball oh, where that they were both catch, in the same yeah. spot? Yeah. But still looking towards Everett. The next, again, third and three, we pick up 14, going to Gerald Everett. Um, the next third down, third and 11, we pick up six underneath. We had to check down to Eck. And then the Gerald Everett theme was picked up on. So what I want to show here is what happens, which I think this is what happens when you, when you create a tendency, which we did, a good quarterback will realize that and find the opening because Gerald Everett, you're going to see at the bottom of the screen right here. Another thing that we did that I didn't notice, obviously, in watching it live is we isolated Gerald Everett a lot. We put him on the one receiver side. We have Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter, Michael Bandy, and then we isolate Gerald Everett solo at the bottom. Hmm. Um, so it could could be to try to drag the safety over, and that leaves three with one safety over the top for Mike. Hopefully he can get open. But what happens on this route, this is third down. This is at the end of the half. We're trying to go and get points before the end of the half. You're going to see Gerald Everett is going to run across the field right at the first down. So he's going to come across right here. Well, that's a little deep. It's only third and five. Yeah, so like right here, he's going to come across. (laughs) And what's going to happen is Bandy up here gets off the line so, man, it's awesome to watch. I'm going to let you guys watch it a couple of times. He gets off the ball and shakes this poor corner so bad, gets behind. (laughs) But what happens is he tries to retrace and catch up, but he sees Gerald Everett coming, so he bites off on it, leaving Bandy wide open. I'll play it so you can see. One, I want you to watch the, the release that Bandy has once he gets up to the DB. It's pretty smooth. He comes down to try to press. Like, oh, it's just little Michael Bandy. Whoop, later. He's back behind. <laughs> now the corner, look, the corner gets stuck in no man's land because he sees Everett coming. Right. Knowing that we love going to Everett. Watch as up here at the top. He's going to bite on the under. 
Now over the top, Michael Bandy's wide open. That was elite from Justin Herbert. Seeing, all right, that crosser's coming. Now he's got two choices. Do I throw? As soon as he gets to here, I'll press pause. Right here, he has a choice. He's going to throw this if this, guy, if this guy runs with Bandy. If he sits like he's sitting right now, he's going to try to get it over the top because look how deep the safety, for whatever reason, the safety thought we were going for end zone. I guess it's the end of the half, so he was playing extra deep. But with this guy stutter stepping and showing his shoulders, Justin already knows I'm going over the top to Bandy. Elite quarterback play. Also picking up on tendencies because we loved going to Gerald Everett so much in that first half. It, it, it opens everyone else up. So I, I don't, I, and then we'll, I'll look now, we'll go to the second half so you guys can see. Um, when we, As soon as we get to the second half, it's 11 personnel, third and four. We throw it to Gerald Everett, hits him right in the chest and just straight up drops the ball. We go three and out and we punt because of execution. Same personnel going to the same guy, should have worked, just drops the ball. Nothing you can do about that. Next drive, Third and one, pick up two with Sonny Michelle. That's a conversion. Um, right after that, we get into third and five. This is the play I want to show. Let me pull it up real quick. Okay. Okay, so here's the next third down. So we had gone. We just dropped, straight up dropped the conversion to Gerald Everett. We go third and one. Sony picks it up. Third and five is right here. So this is still 27-7 ball game. This is, we score, it's the dagger. They give up. They all quit. They're fighting on the sideline. We're all hurrahing, chest bumping. We know it's over. This is an opportunity right here. Third and five. You're outside of field goal range. You try to get the five, but Justin sees a matchup. This has nothing to do with play calling. This has nothing to do with changing personnel, getting conservative. We're still in 11 personnel. You got one running back, tight end. Again, they isolated our tight end, Gerald Everett, down here solo, and they put our three. Gerald Everett is not really a tight end. He is a wide receiver. I mean, he's Mike Williams. He's a he's a wide receiver detached off the line. He's not, he's not really ever attached to a tackle. Um, so Everett's down here. You have Mike Williams at the top. What, what you see here is you see safety in the middle of the field. So this is cover one. They have, they're going to bring pressure. So he knows pressure's coming. They're three on three. And so he says, you're going to put the safety over Gerald Everett as opposed to Mike Williams. Mike's going to, I don't know which one of these guys has Mike Williams from this view. I think it's, the, it's right Maybe here in the middle. He's going to press and release outside. He's got one-on-one, -on -one, third and five. You have a 20-point lead. I love the aggressive challenge. You're going to, what, what do we say? Mike Williams is an 80-20 ball guy. Right, yeah. yeah. This is the time you take that chance. Third and five, you're on their side of the ball. You have a 20-point lead. Let's go get it. You get the matchup that, that we love. And you're going to see it right here. He's going to, he's in the middle. He's going to take off. He has one-on-one. -on -one. This is an aggressive take. Like this is us trying to go get a touchdown. That's one-on-one. -on -one. There's not another defender except for in here in the middle of the field. This is what we want. Charger fans, we want big plays. Right. We want him taking shots down the field. Don't get upset when it doesn't work. Yeah. It's not going to work every time. This is one of the 20% where the defender was in a good spot. Mike didn't come down with the ball. That's going to happen sometimes. But. It's not a matter of getting conservative with play calls. It wasn't necessarily a lack of execution. It's just we put we took a chance and it didn't pay off. Sometimes right. that's going to happen. Right. And as as I look through this, it's like we weren't that bad on third down. It was just the timing of some of this stuff. Like that's we were up twenty seven seven. We convert that right there. That's game. They're done. They quit. So after that, uh, the next they score. The next time they get the ball, 
We get the ball back. We have a nine play drive, but third and four, um, Sony Michelle picks up a first down, then uh, 11 personnel again, third and 12, incomplete pass underneath. They get the ball back. They score. They kick it off. We fumble. They get three. And then on that last drive of this, when we needed a touchdown, we were three for three on third or fourth down conversions. Overall, it wasn't that, that sloppy. Like there weren't a huge amount of three and outs. It was just the weird little timing of when the plays happened that we couldn't convert in the second half that we were making in the first half. So overall, from what I saw, it wasn't a, it wasn't a conservative play calling. It wasn't a big change in philosophy. We were in 11 personnel. Now maybe, maybe we should have switched it up coming out of the half. You did 11 personnel on every third down in the first. Um, but overall, it didn't look like it was like a, they knew what was coming. It was just like a, we didn't execute perfectly. So I think the third down woes are more execution than anything. And that happens. Like you said, it's 80-20. Sometimes it's going to be the 20. Like yeah. it, it can't be 100% every single time. So. Just kind of right. sucked that it stacked up back right. to no, back to back. It definitely kind of Shit snowballed. Timing. They got the momentum. It sure. kind of started going in their direction. But um like you said, Kyle, it's not necessarily about conservative because we are taking deep shots. It's just not, it is about execution and these guys need to be able to tighten that up a little bit better. You know, if you change half of those, it's a completely different game. So, um, awesome. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for giving us another awesome coach's corner. If you guys have questions for Kyle, like I said, specific, yeah, specific, specific questions. questions. Don't yeah. <laughs> don't make them too open ended or generic, or make a time frame of five years or anything like that. No. Just one sp- game, last game, one game. Like specific issues. What can <laughs> yeah. Coach look at? He's happy to take a look at it. So yeah. thank you, Coach. Thanks, thanks, man. Of course. All right, gang. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know him, you love him. It's the Greg Experience. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. Oh. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me go ahead and slide on in here. And hey, I'm back at home. No more birds, Dub D. Well, except the ones that are normally outside of my house, but they should be a little bit more calm than what we experienced last week. Uh, so there's that. And we should all be feeling a lot better. Uh, coming off a dub against the Houston Texans, starting to get the sour taste of that loss at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars out of our mouths. We got a rookie who stepped up big time that we talked about a little bit last week. So good things. Helping all the injury news and things of that nature become a little bit more palatable but wins will do that for you anyway cc gang big old salute to the rest of the boat fam what is going on you got craig in texas and welcome to a little bit more cheery edition of the craig experience <sighs> let's do it okay uh as i mentioned before Good win last week against the Texans. I would love it, though, if the Chargers didn't have to make things interesting all the time. If you get a significant lead, be really nice to keep your foot on the necks of the opponent and leave no doubt. But uh, I guess that's not the Charger way. Again, a win is a win. So no complaints there. Uh, Moving on to this week, though, against the Cleveland Browns. And ironically enough, this year's game is 
pretty much a calendar year from last year's matchup against the Browns, the 47 to 42 shootout. Uh, I remember being on the road driving to a concert in Houston and attempting to watch this game at the same time on my phone probably wasn't the safest thing to do. Uh, but hey, at the end of it, at least my night wasn't ruined. Got to see an awesome J. Cole concert. Before that, Chargers get an exciting win. They don't have to make it as nail-biting this time around. Um, it'd be nice if we could win handedly, but can't say that about this Cleveland Browns team because even without their uh, eventual starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, they've still been playing some pretty decent football. Um, so again, and not to disrespect them as a team, they've got plenty of talent and I don't suspect that this game will be uh, any less close than last week's was. Uh, if the Chargers jump out to a significant lead, that would be nice, but I'm seeing more of a closer battle throughout. Anyway, I'll get to score prediction later on. Uh, so the things that I'm looking forward to this week, uh, from a defensive standpoint, let's start there. We know what the Browns want to do. They're a run first team. When you got Nick Chubb and uh, who's uh, number two? Why am I drawing a blank? on the number two running back ah, kareem hunt how could i forget you've got those dudes in the backfield it's gonna be a long day for your defensive front and uh if they start working towards the second and third levels and your uh, secondary guys have to come downhill and make tackles it could get rough in a hurry and eventually teams like that with offenses of that caliber will wear on you as time goes on so i wouldn't be shocked to see uh uh, Braden Fajoko appearance this week as far as run defenders go and Tito Obonia so I mean as far as run defenders go a nice rotation of you know those two guys plus your Sebastian Joseph Days and Austin Johnson would be great but I don't know I'm not sure how much they're going to want to sacrifice having someone with more interior pressure ability even though Big Fade showed uh, some growth in that area in the offseason. So we'll see how it goes. I'm more concerned with the edges of the defense, though. Uh, Khalil Mack, he's going to handle his business. It's the opposite side that worries me just a smidgen. Uh, we understand exactly what um, Chris Rumpf is. Still growing as a player. Has taken some really nice strides. Put on a little bit of weight. He's no longer a string bean. Was he now? Like an asparagus or something broccoli i don't know i'm losing track of the green leafies uh but whatever both he and kyle van Noy are gonna have to have a pretty good game helping to contain on the edges and sailing that bad boy off uh what i would love to see is a little bit of carlo kemp action he gives you a player with a little bit more size on the outside to help to set a stronger edge but mm, They'd have to call him up from practice squad. Not sure who they wouldn't play this week for that. Uh, so I don't see it happening, but just an idea I'm floating out there. Uh, in addition to that, let's give props to a gentleman that we touched on. Ooh, pause. Uh, last week, that had a tremendous, tremendous performance in his first showing as a left tackle, even though he played it in college. Well, actually, he played like literally every position on the offensive line in college. Uh, Jamari Sawyer held up extremely well last year. Did more than hold up last week. Um, the Texans had a pretty decent pass rush coming into the game uh, so far through three games. And 
Herbert was kept clean the entire game. He's on record of having one sack, but it's because he slid um, instead of taking a hit on a play that he probably could have scrambled for like one or two yards, but he was playing it safe. So it doesn't really count. Uh, so like I said before, you can look at box scores and stuff like that, but if that's all you do, you'll take something like that out of context. Herbert was clean virtually the entire game. And Trey Pipkins is uh, playing some solid football. Say that again, but this is about Mr. Sawyer. Coming out there and performing to that level after barely playing the position at all in training camp and having it be your first start in the NFL, that's saying something. Uh, and you also are doing this on the heels of the babyface bully being out. Yo, that's some pressure. You basically coming in there and replacing an all pro player and uh, there was no drop off this week. Well, last week, should I say. That's saying something. Uh, this week is gonna be a bit more of a challenge. If Miles Garrett plays, and I think that he will, uh, Jadavian Clowney, I'm not so sure about. Looks like he may be out. But if I was a betting man, I think Garrett's probably going to give it a go. So Pipkins may have a little bit easier day than Jamari will, depending on how they decide to deploy Mr. Garrett. But full faith in Jamari. After last week's performance, even though it was one game, he's proven that he can do it. And uh, the offense just needs to scheme up some help for him when necessary because one man is not completely shutting down Miles Garrett. So there's that. Offensively, hmm. I'm curious to see what the game plan is this week. The Browns secondary has a bunch of talent, but they've struggled a little um, this season. And so I'm sure Herbert's going to get his. Uh, not certain if Keenan is going to play. Again, if I was a betting man probably say that won't happen nope more than likely hold him out for the monday night game i believe there's a monday night game next right uh, don't quote me on that but if he doesn't go sunday i wouldn't be shocked if he had a setback with a hamstring those are things that you want to give an opportunity to rest as much as you can uh it'd be great to have him but if not uh i'd like to see bandy get some more run saw what he was capable of on a couple plays last week except on the second one young man get out of bounds could have saved us a timeout but it's okay. Probably just like got super excited to be in the game and wanted to make the most out of a play. Two 20 plus yard receptions. So I think he had a really good showing. Uh, Mike Will had some big catches. So that's phenomenal. And it's always weird when you see Mike Williams catch a ball wide open because he's such a big dude that for him to get lost in the secondary somehow, just kind of mind boggling. But also he... Mike's clearly not a speed guy, but when that train gets rolling and that big body's moving forward, he's covering some ground. So it's awesome to see him just kind of get to open up and run up the field. It's like a huge horse galloping and uh, nobody really wants a part of that uh, when he picks up a he uh, full head of steam. So uh, Donald Parham may be back in the fold. So both he and Everett being on the field sounds good to me. And somehow, some way Parham Ended up being one of the better blocking tight ends on the team last year. So you'll probably see a little bit less of Trey McKitty uh, unless the run game becomes a point of emphasis. And you may see all three of those dudes on the field at the same time at some point. Uh, so I'm just curious to see what the game plan is. Uh, run game got going a bit last week. Y'all know how I feel about the run game. I feel like it's a necessity, especially with the Chargers who like to run a ton of play action pass stuff. So... You have to make it respectable or else it's not going to work all that well. Uh, Eck had three TDs last week. Keep giving him the ball. When you get in the red zone, don't pull him out. 
allow Eck to keep cooking, get Josh Kelly involved. If you want Sony Michelle to be like a short yardage back, fine. I feel like Sony should be more of a closer. Um, if the Chargers have a lead and you want to salt that away at the end of the game, okay. But I'm not giving him reps over Josh Kelly. And at some point, at some point, we're going to have to have an Isaiah Spiller conversation because I can't, in my mind, justify why Sony is necessary right now. I think Josh Kelly could probably handle that role and you can start giving Spiller some run. He adds a different element as back. Um, he has some of the same qualities as Austin Eckler from a receiving standpoint. Um, he's a more natural runner than Josh Kelly is probably on par with Austin Eckler in that regard and um, shifty and powerful. So literally it's kind of like a fusion of your uh, RB1 and RB2s right now. It makes a lot of sense to me, but we'll see. Anywho, let me go ahead and get you guys out of here on this. As far as my score prediction, I believe the Chargers going to Cleveland and pull out a close one. I'm going to say Chargers 24, Cleveland 21. So it ends up being another nail biter. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come down to a field goal because, uh, yeah, Hopkins is dealing with a quad injury, which if you go back and look at the kickoff from last week, you'll see that it looks like he may have tweaked it there. I remember watching it live and thinking that it looked really weird when he came down on his plant leg, but if he can't go, I'm not sure who the kicker will be. I think they're looking to sign someone right now. So by the time you're seeing this, we'll have an answer to that. But uh, yeah, if it doesn't come down to a kick, I'll be perfectly fine with that. We could be looking at some more fourth and Staley action if he doesn't have any trust in whomever is going to get trotted out there for kicks. But either way, should be a good game. Uh, I'm not going to eat during this week's game as I did last week, which was a mistake. I got comfortable when the charges got up and I decided I was going to have myself a second quarter lunch. And uh, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, uh, my stomach was not agreeing with me. Either way, uh, I'm kind of settling myself in to have something very light pregame. And uh, just expect to have my butt clenched for uh, 60 minutes. <sighs> anyway, y'all know what it is, Mr. Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang, aka TOP underscore FLYT3 over on Twitter. Also, catch me on my YouTube page at the Flight Deck, Charge to the Game. I'll probably have a post game vid on this one, either dropping Sunday evening or Monday, one or two. We'll figure it out. But until then, Y'all take it easy, stay bolted up, and uh, okay, love you, bye. Well, Craig, I hope it wasn't a photo finish in that fourth <laughs> quarter. That sounds Clinch. like it was uh, uncomfortable, to say the least, but uh, awesome. another fantastic Craig experience, a lot of great insight into a lot of things that we've, we've been talking about, but haven't necessarily gone that in-depth on, um, you know, some of the things being like, uh, the, the running back situation with Isaiah Spiller, as he was talking about that, I had a thought. Okay. Let's hear it. The, Let's hear the, it. What are you I thinking, feel, old dog? I yeah, feel yeah. like, and this could be completely wrong. Okay. I feel like they're playing the long game right now. They understand. And Staley has said it before that we need to finish strong. Okay. Part of the people that have been 
complaining about the conservative play calling, I feel like they might be holding some plays back to save to finish strong at the end of the season. And I think that also might apply to Isaiah Spiller. Right now you're playing Sony Michelle, you know, one-year deal, veteran running back coming in to play a couple of downs. We're not activating Isaiah Spiller. If we have a fresh Isaiah Spiller to come in and close out the season in a time that we might need him, might be the way to go about doing it. I agree that I think Josh Kelly should probably get a few more touches than Sonny Michelle, but this might be a long game type game plan as far as like, let's save some plays for the end of the year. Let's save some players like Isaiah Spiller for an end of the year, fresh, ready to go, hasn't had to play hardly at all. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, the only downside, though, man. He needs he needs, he needs reps. He's, he's sure. never played in an NFL game. I understand like the idea, hundred percent. It, it's yeah, it's just a theory. It's it's a great, maybe it's a, a great positive for outlook for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's making sense of something that doesn't make sense. Because I'm, tr- I'm grasping at we're straws. We're so good <laughs> that we can hold this off in the plan of using right. it later. I I see where yeah. you're going with. I it. mean, it's uh, because, uh, like you said, there's not a lot that makes sense by some of the yeah. things that we've been doing or some of the things that the fans have been complaining about maybe that's the idea i mean we're talking about like you know really looking into the future and 4d chess and all that kind of stuff and you know maybe i'm giving them more credit than what's actually happening I, behind the scenes but, but that's why we love you Dog. hey we're shamelessly positive here folks we look for the angles we look for what we can talk about um but uh, craig another awesome craig experience i mean yeah, again thanks, great craig. insight into some players Um, I'm, I didn't know that Donald Parham was, was quite so intense on the blocking last year as well. So that if we get him back and he's ready to go, that'll be another great thing to look forward to. We, we see this every game pretty much. Yeah. Justin Herbert likes his tight end. Oh yeah. He He loves him. He liked Parham last year. He's going (laughs) to do the same thing again. Yeah. Um, so whoever's in there is getting, getting some looks. That's right. Absolutely. So. Um, All right, gang. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. It is The Bolt Beat with Jason Reed. Let's go. Welcome back to another edition of The Bolt Beat. I'm Jason Reed, acting expert over at BoltBeat.com. You can find us over on Twitter at BB underscore Chargers or myself at Eat Your Reedies, like Eat Your Wheaties, but Reedies because Jason Reed, you get the picture. Sorry for not being here last week. I was not part of the show. Hand up. My bad. Totally on me. Not on the Charger chat, guys. It was my girl's birthday. We went to Disney for her birthday. Her birthday fell on Thursday, which is, you know, a little inside baseball. Usually when I record these things, I forgot to pre-record because it was a mess because I had to get work done earlier in the week to prepare to go to Disney on Thursday. Look, no excuse. Okay. I say I'm making excuses and I'm saying no excuse. No excuse. I'll be better. That was my bye week. I know the Chargers have a bye week. That's going to be my one bye week. I'll be here the rest of the season, even though I wasn't here on Thursday either because of the way the scheduling was, but it's okay. It's okay, because I'm back. Um, Week five, we got the Cleveland Browns. Now, this is a rematch from last year. Last year's week five matchup, actually, against the Browns happened over at SoFi Stadium. This time, it's happening over in Cleveland. 364 days to the date since that incredible week five matchup. That was my first Charger game at SoFi Stadium. Um, Probably one of number two greatest sporting event I've ever been to. Number one has to be game one of the 2017 World Series. You know, I I love the Dodgers as well. Um, And that's the World Series. Obviously, that's a huge stage. But this game was it's better than any other playoff game I've ever been to with the Dodgers. It's better than any Charger game I've ever been to. 
Um, it was insane, you know, back and forth. There was a point where the Chargers were down 14. They went for it on fourth down from like their own 20. I forget, forget what even yard line they were on. Um, that game was incredible. I'm hoping this game, you know, watching at home, obviously, isn't as stress-inducing. Uh, hopefully, it's a little bit more of a smooth sailing game. Although, you know, these offensive shootouts are always fun to watch for every NFL fan. The way I look at this game, Chargers are 2-2 two and two heading this game. They're in the unofficial quarterway of the season. You know, before four weeks was the first quarter. Now, 17 games kind of messes that up. But they're officially a quarter of the way through the year. And we kind of have an idea of where every team is standing. Now, a lot of things can change. Teams can get better. Teams can get worse. To try to pretend like everything's set in stone right now is, you know, obviously that's not the case. But we have at least a decent idea of what every team is. And as far as the Chargers are concerned, I feel like we don't really know who they are yet because there's been so many circumstances that are out of the team's controls. You know, injuries galore. Um, whether it be guys like Rayshon Slater and Joey Bosa missing the entire season or significant time. Uh, Justin Herbert dealing with his rib injury, which looked a lot better in week four than it did week three. So that is very, very positive stuff. Um, whether it be that, whether it be just, you know, other circumstances, disappointing, maybe, you know, the coach is not preparing the guys for week three against Jacksonville. Whatever the case is, there's been, it's been such a weird season already through four weeks. And I feel like this game is kind of the fork in the road moment for the Chargers. Now, if they lose this game, that doesn't mean they're going to miss the playoffs. And if they win this game, it doesn't guarantee they're going to make the playoffs. But I view this game as a, a big stepping stone, as a big, let's see who this team is. Let's see how they respond. We got the response last week from the ugly loss against Jacksonville. They won that the, the Texans game. They dominated the first half, let their foot off the gas. Um, you know, I on Twitter was a little upset with it in reflection now that we've had some days, you know, to kind of let it simmer. If DeAndre Carter doesn't fumble that kickoff, we might not even be talking about how the Texans made that a game. Um, but it happened. You know, it is what it is. So now we have another game. The Chargers look to continue this momentum. And what are they going to do? Are they going to fall flat like they did against Jacksonville? Hopefully not. I don't think that's going to happen. Or are they going to come out? Are they going to prove that they are the better team in this football game and win the game definitively? They have not had a definitive win yet this season, even though in that Raiders stretch, in that Texan stretch, even in the Chiefs game, they were points where they were the best team on the field without a doubt. They just haven't put the whole picture together yet. So I'd like to see them put the whole picture together in this game. But like I said, it's kind of like a where do you stand? And now I look at two key areas for the where do you stand conversation with this game. First of all, left tackle. Rayshon Slater out for the season, most likely out for the season. They said he could return at some point. Storm Norton was absolutely terrible against Jacksonville. We all know this. Then they they then turned to uh, Jamari Saylor. I butcher his name every time. Apologies. Um, to start at left tackle, you know, they drafted him to be a left guard. Um, played left tackle, played tackle in college for Georgia. And he showed up and he did exactly, he did more than the Chargers could have ever expected. He didn't allow a single pressure. He had a PFF pass blocking grade over 90. He was fantastic. Now, week five, he could potentially be coming up against Miles Garrett, who returned to practice on Wednesday after his unfortunate car crash, you know, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, that battle kind of goes. You know, we obviously don't expect Sailor to be perfect. And, you know, he's not going to, he's going to have his lumps. He's a rookie playing left tackle. Like he's not going to be perfect. There's going to be times where we're like, damn, the rookie year really showed out there. But if he can, you know, contain Garrett and keep it from being this game record type of game, and he's going to get help in chipping and whatnot, especially with Dalton Parham uh, returning, um, you know, that'll be a great sign. And that'll, even if he doesn't have a great game per se, 
this battle will sharpen him for the rest of the season to fill in at left tackle. And then eventually he's the left guard of the future. We all know this, you know, Matt Filer might not be on the team next year. So this is a big kind of, where does he stand right now against the elite of the elite? No, we don't expect him to win every rep and we probably, you know, don't expect him to quote unquote win the matchup, but if he can hold his own and be better than, you know, Garrett and company were expecting, that'd be fantastic. Number two, the number two thing I think, you know, is kind of a fork in the road moment is the run defense. Now there's been some misleading stats on Twitter about the chargers run defense and them allowing, what is it? 5.6 yards per carry, 5.4 yards per carry. The second worst in the league. Yes. Their run defense is still terrible after last year. Brandon Staley deserves, you know, be fired for this or whatever people are saying. Look at the end of the day, those numbers are very skewed and it is a weird argument because if you look at the numbers, the chargers have let up three massive runs. It was like a 75 yarder, 50 something yard or 50 yard, you know, uh, one against the Chiefs, one against the Texans, and one against the Jaguars. You take those out, the Chargers have actually been really, really good. Now, a lot of teams can say, if you take out our worst plays, we would be really, really good. But in such a small sample size, those three plays have such a big difference on that yards per carry. You take out those three plays, and the Chargers' yard per carry is suddenly 3.4, which would be third best in the league. Now, if you took out every team's three worst carries, where would they stand? I didn't go that far into it. That was a lot of math to do. Um, but it shows that for most of the time, when they don't let up these big runs, their run defense has actually not been bad. Now, the goal has to be not to let up these big runs. And even if their run defense isn't bad for 80% of the game, if they let up these big runs, you know, it's still a problem. But it's a small sample size. to So to try to like spin it as fact right now, that's just, you know, irresponsible in my opinion. But this will be a good test for the Chargers. You know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are arguably the best one-two combo backs in the league. Do I expect Nick Chubb to go 40 yards rushing? No, I don't. Like, he's going to pick up his yards. Um, Kareem Hunt's going to pick up his yards. But if the Chargers can hold him at bay and keep it from being that big, big game that a lot of these pundits are predicting, that'll say a lot about the run defense Um, and a lot about the defense as a whole. Like, you look at the defense this year, you know, I've seen some pushback from some fans with, you know, Staley's the defensive guy and why is the defense still struggling? And there are guys who are underperforming right now. You know, Nas Adderley Adderley hasn't been playing great. Uh, JC Jackson has you know, hasn't been himself. He coming off that ankle injury, um, but his two big plays allowed were because of Adderley, you know, missed coverage. But at the end of the day, you look at each game and it's like, okay, the Raiders scored, what, 19 points and hung around in that game, you know, because the offense got too conservative in the second half. The Chiefs scored 20 offensive points, 16 of which, or 14 of which, excuse me, were off of, should have been turnovers. Um, you could probably make the case even more actually than that. So it's like, okay, a little misleading there. The Jacksonville game was ugly all around, but even then, you know, Justin Herbert had the interception and he had, there was another, uh, was it the, the fumble, you know, short field um, that gave Jacksonville, I believe 10 of those points and the second half was completely dead. So, and then the Texans game, you know, they dominated that first half. Um, yeah. They let up the gas a little bit in the second half, but then you have Carter's fumble, which is an additional seven points. You take that off the board. The Texans scored what 17. So when you really look at it, like the defense is doing better than the points scored indicates. So for that reason, you know, if they can maintain this this run game of the Browns, we could see a, a defining defensive performance for the Chargers where people realize like, oh, this defense actually is pretty good. Granted, they don't have Joey Bosa, which is a big thing, like not having Bosa is a huge deal. You know, they drew drew Qu- Tranquil was limited, although he probably will play. Um, you know, it's just it, it's a big kind of statement game, I think, for the Chargers against a team who's not necessarily great but is well coached and does have talent in a lot of areas. And if you could kind of come away with a, 
a, a concrete victory against this team, I think it does mean something. And if it's an ugly win, it's a positive, but there's still more to learn. So that's why I feel like it's kind of a fork in the road moment for the Chargers. Um, my prop bets I want to give out this week, my bets for the game. Um, last time we did this, I believe I went two and two, um, you know, went four and zero against the Chiefs. Hopefully have another four and zero day again here. Um, I have four picks for you. Number one against the spread. The Chargers actually opened as three point dog or three point favorites, excuse me, in this matchup on the road. They've now moved down to minus two and a half. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't love Chargers minus three just because I could see this being like a backdoor cover three point game. Chargers are up 10. Browns get a touchdown with 40 seconds left. It doesn't really matter. At two and a half now with the push being out of the question. I love it. I love this line. I'm going to personally bet this line. I'm, I'm in a picks pool. I'm going to pick it in my picks pool. Minus two and a half. Look, the Chargers should get the job done. They should win this game by more than three, three or more. And if they don't like, you know, I, it's just, it's a bad game all around, but you play this game a hundred times. The Chargers are winning by three or more 90 times, I think based on the matchup. So I'm taking Chargers minus two and a half. I'm staying away from the over under. Cause I'm not sure if we're going to get like a time control chargers win where it's like 27 to 10. Cause it could easily be a blowout or it could be a closer game. Like I said, backdoor cover 27, 24. I don't know. So I'm staying away from the over under, but I am going to take chargers over 24 and a half points. So just the team over um, the Browns are allowing on average. I believe it is off the top of my head, 23.9 points per game. And they've played a quarterback quartet of Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mitchell Trubisky, and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield ranks 32nd in DVOA for quarterbacks. Um, Mariota, I believe is like 30th, 29th. He's down there as well. Trubisky and Flacco aren't even starters anymore. They've had the easiest quarterback schedule in the league and they're allowing 24 points per game. Let that sink in. Who are they playing this week? They're playing Justin freaking Herbert and the chargers are going to score. The chargers should score 25 or more points. If they don't, you know, it's probably an offensive failure if we're being honest, unless they're just milking the clock and it's an easy, like 23, seven win. But I feel like the over is free money. It's minus minus one twelve odds. You know, I, I personally don't mind a little Chargers minus two and a half Chargers over 24 and a half points. Little par- same game parley on FanDuel. That's what all these odds are on. So who knows? Maybe that's what I'll sprinkle it on. Um, and then two more props. I like Jacoby Brissett under 210.5 passing yards. I don't think it's a surprise, a secret, really. The Browns are going to try to run the ball a lot in this game. And even if the Browns are trailing, they're not the type of team to go against their game plan, go away from their game plan. And they're going to see all that talent in the secondary. They're going to see, you know, a still Khalil Mack red led pass rush. And they're going to say, hey, let's just hammer the ball down this team's throw. Um, let's run the ball a lot. And I just don't see Brissett picking up a lot of passing yards. It, it's going to take like a big broken play for him to get 211 or more passing yards. He's averaging about 207 per game through four games. Um, I see the under hitting in that. That's minus 114 odds. And finally, I have a touchdown score prop. These ones are always kind of like shots in the dark. Last time I gave one, it hit with Josh Palmer. This week, I'm picking our man, Donald Parham, returning from injury. Um, I think he's going to score a touchdown. I think the Chargers are going to specifically scheme something in the red zone for him to kind of get him going, get his season going on the right foot. Um, and, you know, his red zone impact has been so sorely missed. And with no Keenan Allen right now in the red zone and Austin Eckler coming off a big three touchdown game, typically just how sports works and the NFL works is you don't score three touchdowns and then score another three the next week. It's just, you know, regression towards the mean. It always happens. So I feel like these red zone targets, there's going to be a lot of stuff going to Parham. And I would be surprised, honestly, he's at plus 850 for this. I Obviously, they're going to put him that high because he's not a big name, but like I would take this at plus 400. So I think you're just getting 
really, really good odds at plus 850. And if you bet this every time the next three weeks, he's going to score at least once in the next three weeks. And in theory, you're still going to make a, a what plus 500 profit. So I'm going Donald Parham touchdown score plus 850. Jacoby Brissett under 210 and a half passing yards minus 114. Chargers over 24 and a half points minus 112. Chargers minus two and a half, which I, I don't, it's usually just minus 110. Those are my four picks. Let me know what four picks you're riding with over at BB underscore chargers or my personal at each Let me know if you're following me. And if I make you money, let me know if you're tailing me and I lose you money because you should have picked uh, my picks. Um, next week, we'll break down the Broncos game. It's a big Monday night football game. I'm excited for that. But first, got to get through this Browns game. It's a big game, big game for the rest of the season. And I'm excited to sit back and drink some coffee and watch. Back to the Charger chat, guys. All right, Jason, I'm going to tell you this one time. You get one week. That's it. You better be on every episode, every week going forward. You I get hope, one. That's your one. You I used hope it up. the Matterhorn I was hope fun. It was fun. Space Mountain was fun. Uh, Jason, it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, Thank buddy. you yeah, for, yeah. for coming on and, and taking a look and giving us some bets, some overs, some unders, some minus two and point fives <laughs> and pools. And I love pools. So, um, no, and it, it it really is. It's going to be an interesting game to see. We're you know we've talked about uh, Jamari Salier coming in and having to you know has a has himself a great week, and this is going to really be a test. Even going up against a possibly a Miles Garrett that yeah had himself an accident, but he's he's getting still my, he's Miles Garrett. He's still Miles Garrett. So you know it it is going to be something that's going to be tested, and it's going to be exciting <laughs> to see what what result we end up getting from this. If it's going to yeah. be a repeat, if there's going to be a dip, if it's going to, I mean, I don't know how yeah. it can get better than allowing zero pressures against the I, Texans. I think that that's the, that we don't know what to expect. I, right. I feel like that, that game against the Jaguars were still a little scarred. Like, could that team show back up? You know? And so yeah. part of it's like, I don't know what to expect. Like if the chargers play the way that I hope they would coming into the season, we should make pretty light work of this team. But if they show up the way that they did two weeks ago or the second half last week, then I don't know. It could be, could be a tight game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Kyle, we, you know, with, if Jacoby Percet feels like he can beat the chargers, then let's see it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the game plan. Make him beat us. Do you do everything you can to stop the run and make Brissett beat us? Yeah. So, all right. Well, again, Mr. Reed, thank you for thank coming you. back. We, Thanks, Jason. we love seeing your face. Welcome we back. Love, yeah. We love it all. Um, all right. Well, now, uh, before we leave this episode, we've got some bolt predictions to make for the upcoming game. So, fellas, what are your bolt predictions? I'll go first. Um, so I'm going to take it. It's a close game, but I would take the minus two and a half as well. I'm going to take it 24-17 chargers. Um, and my bolt prediction for stats is we're going to keep Chubb under 100 yards. I think we're going to sell out to stop the run. Um, Brissett might throw for 200 or so and they'll, they'll still score. Um, but I think we're going to, we're going to sell out to stop the run. I think we have the pieces to be able to do it. Interesting. I like, I like it. it. All right. What do you got, Kev? All right. I got us winning 31 21. Um, and I think Bandy gets a touchdown. I think Bandy's going to score. Bandy. I think senior Bandy's going to score a touchdown. This that would week. be, that would, that not would only is he going to be that. activated, he's going to score a <laughs> he's touchdown. He's going to get a touchdown. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's moved from being on the active roster one week to now he's a pinnacle part of the part of the scheme. Easy yeah. touchdown. Just pick him up in your fantasy leagues. Follow <laughs> me and tell me if I did something wrong. Um, all right, I am going to go. Uh, I'm going to say 27 to 17, and I am going to say that Donald Parham gets himself a touchdown. Tuddies. Parham. I love to see Parham getting in the end zone. So. Um, all right, gang. Well, there you go. Bold predictions in the books. Uh, we have gone through every segment that we promised, so you can't say that we didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us here. What a weird <laughs> <laughs> That is going to do it for us here at Charger Chat, folks. Don't forget to bolt up because <laughs> we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.